hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Long about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. That's what it says on the box. That's what it is inside when you open it up each and every week in your pocket casts, iTunes, or on techguide.com.au, wherever you're listening. It's great to have your company. Uh, I'm uh, Trevor Long. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. You can read my gibberings and musings at eftm.com.au. And joining me each and every week, another global edition of Two Blokes Talking Tech with Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au on the other side of the world in New York, New York. Stephen, good after, good morning to you. It's the wonders of technology that can connect the two blokes from opposite sides of the globe for this uh, latest edition of the podcast. And plenty happening today, uh, this week, I should say. Uh, lots going on in tech. You know, we've got an iPhone launch coming up. Lot to talk about. Always lots to talk about. And uh, you can uh, follow it each and every week here. Plus, you can tweet us at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And if you do, uh, throw in the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag so we know you're, uh, we know you're uh, podcast listeners. Let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. So, uh, iOS 9 uh, was released to the world late last week, uh, and there's a couple of things about iOS 9. I mean, obviously, uh, I think you'd been running it, Stephen, for some time in, in beta. Um, I chose not to do that because I had bad experience with betas in the past, and it's a risky thing to do on your primary device. But, um, you know, a couple of great features in iOS 9, very incremental um, on iOS 8 or, or even um, 7 when you, when you compare it back. Um, but, geez, Apple announced uh, mid this week, early this week, that 50% of iPhones had been upgraded to iOS 9 already. And once again, that's the reason they say that is to stick it to Android because, geez, if Android could only achieve such a thing, they'd be, um, they'd be bloody happy with, for a start. Um, but, Stephen, I've got to be honest. There's nothing more impressive about iOS 9 than low power mode. The the mode that is designed to be used when your when your phone reaches red battery zone and gives you an extra couple of hours there. I was a bit sneaky. I unplugged my phone in the morning, got out of bed, it's 100% charged and I turned on low power mode. And on Monday, 6:30 in the morning I got up, 11 p.m. I went to bed. 20% battery still going, and I didn't go within QE of a charger all day, which is absolutely unheard of for me. I was blown away by this mode. Yeah, I think it's a, a clever, clever addition to to the iOS, and uh, you know that that's uh, the old lifeboat that Apple can give you once uh, people see that their battery's running really low. And and let's face it, a lot of people enter panic mode when that happens. So the ability for you to to stretch out that charge, and we should point out, of course, it does turn off certain things on your phone. There's no longer background updating of your email, or, or uh, there's no background updates of your app. So it kind of puts it into almost into hibernation, your phone. So it's just the basic functions uh, that are allowed, like you being able to make and receive calls, things like that. So you just get the bare essentials, which I think 
brings it into line with what we've seen with other devices too. Like Samsung introduced this, that this has been seen on Android devices. Uh, so that I think it, it, this is addressing one of the one of the complaints for people who use the iPhone is that uh, battery is sometimes sometimes an issue for them. Uh, and and one of many new features on iOS nine that's uh, I think going to be very well received. The thing about that mode though. Um, with Samsung, for example, the, the Galaxy S5 had that mode and it went into black and white. It was fantastic. It just fully, like fully low power mode. This, though, I genuinely, Stephen, I've been using this all day for the last three or four days. And the only, and I, I promise you, the only thing I've noticed is that I'm not getting mail notifications. And I could give a rat's about that. It's just now a, a normal thing for me to every now and then open up the mail app and see if I've got mail. That's all I've got to do. It's like the old days of having to open your computer and turn on Outlook. It's not beeping at me, but I still get Facebook notifications. I'm still getting a bunch of other things because app developers have to opt into the low power mode as well. But it, it apparently actually slows the processor down. It, it disables, you know, motion graphics and a few things like that. I have not noticed a thing, and I'm liberated by it because I literally am going the full day on the single battery. It is brilliant if you turn it on at a high level. We had a tweet earlier from I think it was Rob uh, Rob Rigby who who read read my article on EFTM and he tested it and he was he'd got through many many hours and was still at seventy percent of his battery. So yeah. It's a it's a cunning little thing to try, um, just to see whether it su- it may not suit you because there may be things that you miss out on. But in my experience, yeah. it, it could well be a, a nice one to use um, more than just at twenty percent. Absolutely, I, I think in in the past you've, you've people have that kind of entered their low battery mode uh, manually. A lot of people see that their their batteries are, are are getting a bit low. They they manually turn off the automatic email updates, manually turn off the app That's updates. Right. So they do go to a lot of trouble to achieve this low battery mode themselves. Now, well, Apple can provide it now. But even Bluetooth and Wi-Fi are still available. So, you know, they're things we would normally advise you turn off to, to save your battery. Well, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi are still on. So bottom line, um, it's a remarkable little mode that isn't the world's, you know, most amazing power low power mode. But I just, uh, I would encourage you to to, rec- to try it out because if battery life is an issue for you, this is um, this is probably a, a great way to way to look at it. the only, look just quickly on iOS nine, uh, Stephen. Um, kind of without notice, you, you know, any favourite features that you recommend people look at? Because for me, you know, it's it's slightly different look with a very different font. Um, I think the keyboard is dramatically improved with a simple thing like just being able to see when you're in caps mode as opposed to having to look at the caps key. Um, and I think the the global search, the Siri search, which I don't use Siri, but the the universal search is is a much more fluid thing now, which which probably you know I think tends itself to where where they're going with that in the future. Yeah, I've got a few favourites as well. I think that uh, one thing I like, and it's one of the hidden features I've written about on Tech Guide, is the is the new back button. You know how often you're taken from one app to another, yeah. like for example, out of Mail to Safari. Uh, there is now a way back to the app that you were using before. So if you have come out of Mail to Safari, the top left-hand corner's back button now says Back to Mail. So you go back right where you left off. Another another feature that I like, and I do agree, the keyboard, that's great knowing when you're in caps and lowercase. But another cool feature is that the iPhone can actually look at phone numbers in your emails mm. and match them up with contacts when you're getting a phone call. There, there'd be often time where there's a, a phone number, so it's not re- not linked to any particular contact, but it says underneath it could be who, such and such based on 
emails with similar numbers in your inbox, mm. which I think is clever. So it, 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 all, it tries to predict, and nine times out of ten is right, uh, that it's this particular person ringing you based on their number being in an email in your inbox. Right. Which I, I haven't think- seen that one yet, so I look forward to getting, that, getting a call. Cause, and, you know, I, I'd be interested to see whether it works for, you know, PRs. We get a lot of random calls from PR people. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about, exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. It does tell you which person it could be. So that's uh, very handy. All right. And the only other thing I noticed just quickly is uh, – for example, when I get in the car uh, and you go to make a phone call, you're on your blue, you cannot kind of connect it to Bluetooth, but you don't know which mode it's in. You've got to click the speaker icon to check. So automatically now it flashes up the list of devices and shows you which one it's connected to. And I think that's a nice little uh, handy handy one for people to make sure they're actually on the, the speaker or the Bluetooth or whatever it might be. So if you haven't downloaded iOS 9, then you, you're crazy. Um, it's available, you know, way back to, I think, the 4S even. But I probably wouldn't put it on a 4S, but, uh, hey, if you want to give it a risk, go for your life. But certainly on the 6, the 5s, uh, 5S, 5C, um, it's a cracking operating system. And the iPad. iPad too. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, iPad. I mean, the, the multitasking in, in iPad is... Yeah is un- unbelievable, you know, the split screen. And, and as apps get updated to allow that uh, that split screen, this is genuine multitasking. Forget, you know, this silly... Remember when iPhones didn't have multitasking and then they had this double-click to flick between apps? That's not multitasking. This is Windows-style multitasking, two windows side-by-side. Side. It's very good, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, a, a, a lot of Android users are saying, yeah, well, we've, they've already had that on Samsung devices and other devices, but uh, it is only available on the latest iPads, not all iPads. So you do need a pretty powerful iPad for to achieve that. But, yes, yep. it's, uh, it's iPad now multitasking and uh, this productivity uh, features as well. So uh, great to see, and I think it's well worth uh, updating. And I should mention it's a free update, so people who aren't buying the new iPhones and new iPads later later next month can still have that new phone feeling with a brand-new iOS. Oh, thanks, Telstra. Check it out, uh, iOS 9. You've just got to go to Settings. Software update and it'll check and it'll perform the update. It's not a not a hard thing to do, and I haven't heard any reports of issues with the update either. So that's that's a good thing too. Uh, you are listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, while we're talking about updates, uh, iOS 9 wasn't actually the only update for Apple devices this week. The other update we saw, uh, a major update for Apple Watch, the first major update, as a matter of fact, to for Watch OS 2. Now, the features of Watch OS 2 were unveiled back at the Worldwide Developers Conference, and it promised to offer native apps which uh, sit on the watch rather than at uh, the first version where apps sat on the phone and just streamed through to the watch. Now, with Watch OS 2, one of the major new features is the fact that developers can now create native apps that sit on the watch, that take advantage of the hardware, of the digital crown, of the buttons, of the accelerometer, uh, of the heart rate monitor. So uh, now they, they can create more of these dynamic apps that really bring the, uh, the Apple Watch to life. So... Uh, the update, though, uh, did take quite a long time. I was surprised that the, the size of the update, I think, was about a five, over 500 meg was mm. the update. And I don't know about you, Trev, but it took me 
at least, I think, about two, two and a half hours to complete the update. Well, so I, I got out of bed, left, and I, I knew that you had to have your watch on plugged into charge, not just past 50%, which is the kind of way you've got to work with your iPhones, but had to be actually plugged into charge. So I left the the uh, the, the watch in the 12 South Doctor. I got sitting on the bedside table, plugged in, charging, uh, and I took my iPhone and I put it on the, the side of the uh, the basin in the in the bathroom, just off the off the bedroom, and I, I initiated the app update there, and then I left it, had a shower, got ready for work, and the thing then came back and said it still had two hours to go. I thought I got to go, so I got in the car and went to work, and then you had to be on Wi-Fi to download the bloody thing, and then I got to work and I had to go and get a charger for the watch to plug it. I mean, it was just it was mate, it was too hard. In the end, I did it at night and it did take forever. Luckily, I downloaded the update to the phone. So I just had to initiate it. But even after that, geez, the actual process of installing the update seemed to take forever. Now, I, I haven't given a, a huge uh, look at the different things, but I tried a couple of apps. They didn't launch radically faster than I hoped they would. And my biggest gripe, and, and I know it's very unique to me, but uh, it's still not showing my contacts on the watch, and I hope that that would be something that might be solved. Um, oh. And and so the watch is still rendered pretty useless to me because I'm sitting there, I'm getting text messages, don't know who they're from. And, and you know, the yeah. comparison for that is I'm wearing a, uh, I can't actually say what it is, but it's an Android Wear watch, and uh, and it uses, you know, I'm using the iPhone Android Wear app, and immediately it took five seconds to link up, and I'm getting all my contacts and, and everything works. So I'm just like, yeah, what are you doing wrong here? And it's frustrating me. So it's been a disappointing one for me, but I'm, I'm sure some of the apps are performing much better than they were, I've read. Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, some of the some of the new features that you get with uh, the new Watch OS 2, uh, the ability of for new, well, new watch faces for a start, one of them is uh, time-lapse where you can pick – some of the major countries around the world of nice little time-lapse, short little time-lapse video. So every time you raise your wrist to look at the time, you see this nice little cute little time-lapse video from New York or Hong Kong mm. or London, Shanghai. Uh, the other thing you can do is put your favorite photos now as a as a uh, watch face. And what it does, it takes that from your favorite folders. Right. And in case, it made me laugh because one of the favorite pictures it threw up as a possible picture for my watch face <laughs> Was a photo of the two blokes hey. at a nightclub in Las Vegas. <laughs> so um, it, it was one of those interesting photographs uh, where we, uh, I think, with the two blokes had a photo with one of the waitresses uh, uh, from from memory. But those are some interesting a, complications on your watch, mate. <laughs> that would have been a nice complication. Yeah, speaking of complications, the uh, there are third party complications now. For those who are wondering what the hell complications oh, are, these are these are those little bits of information around the watch face, like your uh, might be your appointment, might be the world time, might be the temperature, your activities. Uh, now there's going to be third party complications, which when you say you touch that particular complication from the third party developer it will then open up that particular app which is pretty cool as well now this is another handy feature probably one of my favorites actually it's called time travel now it's not the i'm not jumping in the delorean and back to the future or anything but this is a feature that allows you to scroll through and see what your day is looking like so you 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 roll you, you roll the digital crown forward and you'll see the time advance and you'll see what appointments you have during the day, what the temperature is going to be doing, uh, all these other things. So it gives you a, a preview of the 
which I think is pretty cool. And you can also wind it backwards to see what you missed. So you can see how stocks performed, uh, what news you missed, things like that. And uh, another another additional feature is the ability to have a bit of a richer email reply. Now, well, you couldn't reply to emails for, uh, on the first version. Now you can reply using preset messages, using Siri, using emojis. You can now make FaceTime audio calls as well. So the communication options have opened right up. Well, um, it has been received reasonably well uh, from from most that I've I've read and seen. So, uh, be interested to hear from anyone who uh, is a listener and has an Apple Watch. Uh, let us know what you think of the latest update to uh, Apple Watch. The the first update, as Stephen says, Watch OS two. Um, we I guess we all agree it took a while, but uh, in terms of installing. But uh, let's let us know whether you think apps are loading better or whether you know the apps have been updated and and that's the difference. Don't don't judge an app by uh, by its original version. Wait for it to get updated by its manufacturer and then judge it in, in terms of the new OS. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. So. About three weeks ago, a bloke pitched a tent outside the Apple store and before the even announcement had come. Uh, and it turns out he's, he's a kind of a tech person and, and he's trying to raise money. Good on him. I'm just not sure it's the, the, the way to do it. But good on him and good trying. I hope he gets the money. But there's actually other normal – well, when I say normal, there's other human beings um, lined up outside the Apple store for, for this Friday's uh, launch – 8 a.m. Friday, they've got to wait till, Stephen. I guess it should be no news to us that the people lined up, is there? No, absolutely not. Now, I think uh, that that is not surprising me at all, hearing that people are already waiting. There are people even in here in New York, I think there are six Apple stores around the place, you know, Grand Central, Fifth Avenue, 14th Street, Broadway, and there are some people already waiting. It's just It's just Wednesday morning here in New York. And there are people already making, uh, reserving their spot in the line to be among the first. But Australia will be actually the first, again, the first in the world to get the new iPhones. Is there no and New Zealand store in it still? Say again? Is there a New Zealand store? I think there might be now. Uh, no, I don't think they're in the first wave. Oh, yeah, ah. they are in the first wave of release. Yeah, so well, they will actually be more earlier than us, I suppose, won't they? But mm. we'll become one of the first places in the world in Australia. Uh, and of course, we're going to see the new rose gold phone. I think that's going to be the new popular model there. Last year, I think the iPhone, the iPhone six and six plus, they were the totally new designs, bigger screens, and gold was the favourite colour. I'm just wondering whether that is still going to be the case here. Uh, rose gold, I think, is going to be a popular choice for people. I think the rose will, without question, because. See, here's the thing, and I don't think this is breaking news, but let's let's just hypothesize. But I think people line up and they buy the new iPhone so early because they want to show off. Like, and you know, what? Yep. I absolutely love the fact that people know that I get stuff and I've got stuff. It's cool. People ask you. It's it's a good feeling, you know, for people to ask you these questions. So if you're walking around, you sit in a meeting, you put your phone on the table. People don't know because remember, uh, nothing's changed except everything, right? So the only thing that's changed visibly is the pink one, right? So you've got to get the rose gold if you want people to know by looking at you that you've got the new iPhone. Absolutely right. I think uh, there's uh, the, that's the reason why they're they're there in the first place. They want to be the first. They want to be seen. They want some attention. Uh, and they're going to certainly get it, not only by buying the phone early, but by waiting in line for several days, and in, in this case, weeks, hmm. to, to 
device. It's uh, we often. How often do we do this though? We speculate every year. We say, "Do you think gonna, there's going to be a line?" And we say, and you remember last year was the biggest we'd ever seen. Absolutely uh, right. Yep, they just keep doing it. It's incredible. And there's, as I said, there are people getting ready here. I think they're gonna they're gonna start putting up the the bollards so that they the, the crowd control get, gets into place. The the barriers so people line up. And uh, it's it's a phenomenon, and there'd be companies sitting out the other rivalries that would would kill to have that kind of reaction to their new devices. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. I think I've only ever seen it for iPhones. I think I can remember people lining up to buy the new PlayStation, the Xbox, Xbox, yeah, yeah some I can't games. Think of any other Call of Duty, they line up for that at a game store, yeah. but not for days. Game, yeah, not for days. No, absolutely right. They they turn up a couple of hours beforehand and and they're in, but. Yeah, this is uh, I've I've seen. I can't think of anything else like it. And look, if you are sitting in a tent outside the Apple Store uh, and listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, let me make this appeal to you: reach out, get on Twitter, talk to the two blokes at Trevor Long at Stephen Fennick, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy, hashtag I'm out the front of the Apple Store. If you can prove that you are sleeping there. I'm prepared to send you the first three iPhone 6 accessories that I received to review. Oh, they're yours. Um, yep. And we'll reach out to STM and others, and we'll make sure that you get covered with great new accessories for your iPhone because I want to see – I want to hear from a, a listener that's that's gone to we that trouble. To add a selfie to it too. Yeah, we want to see your picture. We've got to – there's got to be some integration with the two blokes. You know, you've got it's got to be proof that it's, you know, you're a genuine yes. listener. We need uh, to yeah, – Selfie. Selfie holding up uh, an iPhone, the old iPhone, yeah. with uh, our podcast on the screen. That'd be nice. There you go. That, that'd be perfect. <laughs> we don't want for much, do we? You're listening, <laughs> you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, if you're uh, looking for uh, security solutions for your home. And I am. Um, because I've got the Arlo Smart Home Security Cameras. We're away next week, but we've got family staying here at the house, so I want to make sure they don't come into my office, okay? Don't come into my office, steal my stuff. So I've got the Arlo Smart Home Security Camera here in the in the man cave. I've got one out the front as well. It's a 100% wire-free, full-high-definition camera system that is so simple to install that literally I just, I've never heard anyone have a complaint about how the installation works. I saw a great photo, a, a listener of ours, Mark Illick, um, who's a who's a Qantas pilot? Um, he's over in Texas, I guess, on duty, and uh, he's having a pool installed out the back of his house, and he's got his Arlo there, so he's watching from Texas the builders concrete the pool. I mean, it's just sensational use of Arlo, um, as well as obviously the security um, uh, ramifications. But what a great system! So easy to use, so easy to install. View your cameras in absolutely almost real time um, on any device anywhere in the world and get um, highlights and um, uploads from any motion that it detects. It's very, very simple. Arlo, A-R-L-O, the Arlo Smart Home Security System from Netgear. Check it out now at jbhifi uh, or at netgear.com.au. I mean, could this story drag on any longer. I have to go to my records, but it's years and years and years. Samsung and Apple in court. I feel like it's died down in recent years in terms of their their narkiness, but I think there's this one case from donkey's yonks ago where they're going, nah, we're not giving up on that one. We lose, we win, we appeal, we lose, we win, we appeal. It's just ridiculous, isn't it, Stephen? 
absolutely right. I think there's a lot of rich lawyers that are, that are coming out of this with this constant battle between Apple and Samsung. The never-ending story of the tech world where Apple uh, and Samsung are going at it in court, and it's all over patent disputes where mm. features appearing on the on the Samsung devices that Apple claimed to be their own. I think even Samsung went back to Apple with similar accusations. But in this case, Apple has won a pretty significant victory. Now, the, the the patent in question, would you believe, is the slide to unlock feature, which, of course, was introduced with the original iPhone back in 2007. Uh, Apple then saw Samsung adopted a similar type of technology on their devices and had previously won a case. They had won a case against Samsung, and the judgment was that the decision was that Samsung were to pay some type of fine. So that was all well and good, but Apple weren't happy with that. They decided to pursue the matter even further. So they went went ahead hoping for this outright victory, and they got it last week in the U.S. Appeals Court, which stated the right to exclude competitors from using one's property rights is important. So... What does this mean for Samsung? It means they could potentially have to change their devices so that they don't breach this uh, this patent dispute. It uh, could result in quite quite a uh, a change for their current and future devices. And and you know what? If they have to issue a software update, good luck getting it out. I mean, we know how well Android software updates go. <laughs> um, you know, and they might want to have a good hard look at themselves over design too. I mean, I, I love the Galaxy S six design. It's it's beautiful, but Fair income. It's uh, it's got some serious shades of iPhone in it, and I think you put a photo in your story on Tech Guide. It's just, you know, but it is interesting. We don't hear about that. We're only hearing about these kind of patents from years ago. So I do think the world has kind of settled a bit on this legal stuff. But ah, oh, yeah, mate, this thing will go on forever, don't you reckon? We'll we'll be talking about this at episode five hundred. Well, you know, have a what? Guess what, Trevor? Not surprisingly, Samsung has appealed <laughs> the decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, episode 726, we're going to be talking about this still. <laughs> ah, two blokes talking tech. We're here for you, for especially for the long and drawn out court cases. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I love myself a Bose speaker, and they have just released. Just stop new- there for a second, Stephen. You be very careful, mate. I've got control of the edit here, and I now have you on tape saying I love myself. <laughs> well, a bow speaker is the f- completion of that sentence, Trevor. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, this new speaker, the Solo 15 series. Now, you recall the original Solo was the, the TV speaker. So it was the, the base speaker, pedestal speaker that sits underneath your television, which with one connection that can then suddenly give your TV this great sound through the Bose product. Now, it can support screen sizes up to 50 inches. So this actually sits on the speaker. So you put your TV on this pedestal speaker. So there is one connection. It's got, uh, can, can offer, it's got five drives on board. So you're getting this amazing sound. Like sound, I know sound bars are a popular product, but this pedestal is a great alternative that doesn't take up too much room. Those sound bars are quite wide. Uh, this also has Bluetooth on board. So they've updated now to the, uh, Bose, the Solo 15 Series 2, uh, is now available. And if you're not happy with your TV sound, I think this is a great way to improve it. Yeah, no, it's a good-looking little thing. Um, you know, speakers are still such huge business. I, 
I, I must pull up some kind of GFK style stats or something on uh, on speakers because they continue to grow. We continue to see more of them, and they're and they're just beautiful. And you know, it, it's not a uh, it's not a hard thing to say that Bose are almost without question the the sound leader, the quality. There's just something about what they do, isn't there, Stephen? That that just sets them apart. Well, it's innovation through technology. You know, they they don't release a new product unless they've they've made some kind of technical improvement to to offer that upgrade. They don't just do it every year just for the sake of it. Uh, and, and through that research and, and development, they're, they're, that's the that's why we're getting this such great audio quality. And anyone with a with a flat screen television will not every TV because because the 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 move was to make these thin and. and and, and really were nicely designed televisions that what well, that design wasn't conducive to having great speak great sound quality uh, even and I'm talking not just sort of the cheaper TVs I'm even talking the Samsungs and LGs and some of these other TVs in the last couple of years where the speaker quality was questionable that's why the sound bar and now these this pedestal market is really taking off and if Bose is deciding they, they saw an opportunity here and decided to play in this space and it's uh, a great move on their part anyone who wants uh, to improve the sound will definitely see or should say here uh, massive improvement with uh, with the addition of this Bose product check it out it'll be on uh, techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick now, I love me a good app, and uh, the good people at Fox Sports have released a new app, and I think this is interesting because they've had actually multiple apps for different sports over the years, but this is the first time they've gone one big app for everything, and um, they've integrated their, their sports news channel, so you can watch that in the app, but really, it's just a quick and easy mobile way to get access to sports news, but here's what I love about it. You, you can customize it entirely, so... Think of uh, think of the categories. Think of you know motorsport, rugby league, whatever it might be, as categories you can choose from. And as you swipe left through the categories, you can order them the way you want. So for me, mate, motorsports first swipe, it's it's right there. I can see my Formula One and V8 supercars. But you know the the homepage is just a really great, um, very nice visual representation of the sports news. And I digress slightly here by saying, uh, as I open it up now, there's a there's a uh, good link here and a beautiful photo of Mike Gibson. Who uh, passed away today, Stephen? I don't know that you um, you, you would have yeah. been just going to bed when you when you got that news. You would have worked with Gibbo. I worked with Gibbo at Two GB in the late nineties. You would have worked with him at the telly. Bloody yep. top bloke, just just every day down to earth bloke, and a, and a, just a stunning journo. Absolutely, yeah. That, that was very sad news to hear. Mike was a, an icon of sports and sports coverage. Uh, yeah, I, mate, I grew up watching him Saturday mornings on or Saturday afternoons, I should say, on uh, Wide World of Sports. Uh, he was a true. He was just a, a knew every sport like the back of his hand. And yes, I did work with him uh, pretty close on the telly. He did have a column when I was sports editor of the telly, so I had the pleasure of uh, talking to him and chatting with him regularly. He was also uh, speaking of Fox. He was a regular on that great show, The Back Page. Him he, and, he was and the, the original Peter host. Fr- he was the original yeah. host, wasn't he? That's right, exactly right. But he he was also uh, Chippy, the late Peter Fralingos, was also a, a, yep. a part of that program as well. Uh, and yeah, uh, sad to hear about Mike. And uh, you know, hope he uh, rest in peace and uh, enjoy that big sports coverage up in the sky. I That's think it'd it. be a, not a heaven to be not a bad place to be with Mike Gibson by your side. If you've got the Fox Sports app, they've the 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 story that they've linked to at the the top of the app is the Paul Kent story. 
about how Gibbo changed how we talk about sport. It's a sensational read, really. Is Paul Kent doesn't doesn't do it much better than that. But you know, in terms of the app, um, really, they, they've got video highlights, they've got scores, they've got everything you can need. So this is the app. So so to put it in context, when you're out at the pub on a Saturday night. Uh, this is the app you turn to to find out what the hell's going on if, if someone says what's the score in whatever. So Kraken, nice little app, really nice design, slick, very, um, you know, very uh, customised for iOS-style design, you know, in the gestures and things that it uses. So well worth checking out. Um, it's called Fox Sports. When I went to download it, it was hard to find because there was three or four other Fox Sports apps, but just look yep. for the one with the blue uh, Fox Sports yeah. icon. It's in the uh, it's in the App Store now, and I I, ha- I have suspicion, Stephen, you'll be on that one as soon as you get back using that for your sports scores and sports news over the uh, final series. Absolutely, I'm actually a step ahead of you. Got it already, and it's giving me some great news because no 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 news here in the US about the World Cup and other mm. Aussie sports. So. 14 sports and 100, over 140 competitions and really smart that it can give you coverage and updates from several different sports at the same time rather than my, the current situation or the previous situation where I'm d- diving in and out of apps to find various sports, whether it's scores in the gridiron, in the NFL, in the league, whatever. Great. In all in one place, the Fox Sports app, fantastic. Check it out in the app store now, Fox Sports. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Microsoft, uh, they actually had an event in San Francisco a couple of days ago, I believe, to launch this brand new Office 365 edition, which is Office 2016, uh, an update to that very popular suite of products. You're talking Word and PowerPoint and Excel and they've had a bit of a makeover and also of plenty of new features. And this is, you got to remember, this is probably one of the most used software packages in the world, whether it's, it's on Mac, whether it's on PC. This is very proper. I use this every day, uh, this suite of products. And the new version 2016, Office 2016, has plenty of improvements uh, from Outlook. Uh, the Excel now has all these integrated publishing and modern charts. The, the Outlook's been really streamlined as well, really smart inbox it has now, so search is really good. I, I get a bit frustrated with mail on the Mac. I think Outlook really plays it off a break, and, and finding those emails, you get to that email really quickly, and it prioritizes emails as well. And now with a lot of cloud-based attachments, it does help keep your uh, your inbox light and fast as well. The one thing that I think is standard here, and to be honest, they're way behind the game. Google's been doing this for some time, but let's not kid ourselves. Google Docs, Google's Office Suite, is a punish to in terms of trying to get people to even think about using it. But um, they've got this joint collaboration. So you can actually all be in a document, uh, and you can see where the other person's cursor is. You can see them type. So it's a live typing environment. This is, I mean... A lot of companies talk about collaboration. It's a complete nut of wank in most cases because it's just this way of sharing files or, you know, cloud sharing and whatever, whatever. Real collaboration is when you can feel like you're sitting in the same room and working on a document to the point where after you are sitting in a room, you can collaboratively talk about something and make changes and, and it shows on other people's screens. That's the holy grail for me and I, that's what I'm going to test most with this because that's the deployment that you know genuinely will appeal to the to the corporate enterprise environment who are the people that are paying the um, you know the big bucks to to have office 365 subscriptions in their workplaces. Absolutely yeah no I think that that you know you you think you think of um 
you think of all the different ways we use this. Like, I use obviously Word for writing, and if you need to crack spreadsheets, and if you're making a presentation, and being able to work together with other people or even show other people this is is pretty effortless. So, uh, you know, I I think people need to sit and back and realize just how widespread this uh, this suite of programs is. Uh, never take this for granted, and the fact that they're still working on it, still improving it, making it better, uh, is something that uh, that I, I really enjoy. So that's uh, good to see that Microsoft, and I should add, Microsoft really making a presence here in New York. There's a massive store they're building in Fifth Avenue that's going to open up, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and there's also a Microsoft store uh, being built in the Pitt Street Mall in Sydney, the first uh, major experience tour outside of North America, which says a lot about what Microsoft thinks about Australia. So they are really putting their best foot forward uh, in the coming months. Check it out, um, Office 2016 or Office 365. And the interesting thing is you've got Office 365, this will just come to you. It's That's the whole rolling subscription nature of Office 365. So uh, Microsoft Office 2016, um, there's lots of really nice features. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, just because he's on the other side of the world doesn't mean he's not carrying around some gadgets. And I, um, I know for a fact um, that we both enjoyed carrying the uh, the, the new Sony Xperia tablet around. This is a this is beautiful. It's a really solid product, Stephen. Leak is the word I would describe it. First of all, Trevor, the Xperia Z4 tablet. Now, this is the actually the world's thinnest and lightest 10-inch tablet, 6.1 mil thick. 393 grams uh, in weight. You're getting probably one of the best Android tablets that I've used. It's a, a great little device. At first, when I saw it, it was so thin and so light, I thought, well, no, that's only an 8-inch screen, but it was actually a 10.1-inch screen. So it did fool me right out of the box there. But this is a sort of the product that's, again, Sony, terrific design, thin, as I mentioned, waterproof again as well. Uh, got stainless steel corners, the mineral glass, made of mineral glass. So it's very strong, very light. You won't even know you're even carrying this in your bag. It's so it's so thin. But to to go with all the, the great design is also the best of Sony technology on board, including the, the great 2K display, the 10.1-inch display with a resolution of 2560 by 1600, which is actually 40% brighter than the previous uh, tablet which is really interesting but it also adds things like high-res audio format uh, support so, so that's another sony technology they've brought to the tables it also supports digital noise cancellation if you're big on your audio but uh, on the performance side under the hood you're going to find an octa-core snapdragon qualcomm processor so this is pretty fast it can be used uh, and, and delivers that great graphics performance through that processor. So really smooth uh, display you're going to be experiencing there, whether it's for your, enjoying your own content, whether you're doing some graphics work. Uh, can be used as a productivity tool with the addition of a really cool Bluetooth keyboard, the BKB50 keyboard. It's a great accessory so that you can actually turn this into a laptop and use it to get some work done. But I have to say, one of the best features is the battery life. Oh. Sony have said that it go, runs for up to 17 hours of video playback. So that means that if you're not watching 17 hours of video, you can do a lot more for a lot longer. Now, I use this on my trips to when we went to IFA or it's in Berlin and, and now I'm in the US. 
and the battery performance is incredible. Uh, just an example, recently I, I flew from here to, uh, to here from San Francisco and m- the battery was 100% in San Francisco to, to New York's about just over five hours, the flight is, and I was watching video the entire time. And when I landed at JFK, the battery had only gone down from 100% to 84%. That's five hours solid. It had only used 16% of the battery. That just goes to show how great this battery is. The Xperia Z4 tablet, one of the best Android devices on the market, the tablets on the market, in my opinion, priced at $799. Stephen won't mind me interjecting in his minute reviews to reveal that I watched Star Wars episodes 4, 5, and 6 on the Xperia tablet and uh, had the same experience on the flight to uh, Abu Dhabi and Berlin. Um, I think uh, I used 30% of the battery for those six hours plus of movies. So sensational stuff. Uh, check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And some uh, SanDisk products, my friend. Yes, there is three new products in the SanDisk range that I'll go through really quickly. The first is the Connect Wireless Stick. Now, this looks like a normal USB thumb drive, but it has more than that. It's actually got its own little Wi-Fi connection. So you can use this device. You use the USB plug to connect it to your computer to charge the device, but also to drag and drop your content. Once that content's on there, you can then connect to this flash drive wirelessly, whether it's in your pocket, in your bag, you can then stream up to three devices can stream content at the same time. Uh, that's going to be available in 16, 32, 64, 128 gig capacities, starting at 49.95 all the way up to 179.95. The other product, the micro SD card. Now, the first 200 gigabyte micro SD card uh, was revealed earlier this year in Barcelona by SanDisk. And this is a remarkable achievement when you consider that the actual card is probably smaller than the fingernail on your pinky finger. Mm. So be careful you don't lose this. It's going to be an expensive little uh, SD card, probably going to be cost about $300, but 200 gig of space in one little micro SD card. The third and final product uh, is the SanDisk dual flash drive with USB-C. Now, USB-C was the format that we were introduced to with the MacBook. It's also going to be seen on other next-generation devices. So this has a USB-C port on one, a plug on one side, and a regular USB-3 port plug on the other side. So it's got 32 gig of memory on board. So you can use this to transfer content to and from these different devices on the move. It's going to be Aussie pricing been determined exactly yet but it is going to be priced for US dollars 49.99 so it's probably expected to be maybe 69.99 when it comes out here in Australia. Sandisk check them out techguide.com.au All right that's a wrap uh, and uh, a very important announcement this is our last show for September and uh, that joke won't last really for another month will it? Um, but, uh, we, uh, sorry, <laughs> you will miss us next week though. Cause I am switching off, uh, my friend, I'm going to try anyway. I'll see it. I'll be interested to see how long it lasts the switching off concept, but I've certainly canceled all media appearances, uh, for next week. I'm taking the kids and the wife, of course, as well, uh, among a bunch of other families, apparently, um, down the South coast. Um, if I survive, um, I'll be back for episode 227 in, in two weeks from now, Stephen. 
Absolutely. Well, have a, have a lovely trip, Trev. Enjoy your time with your family. Yes, mate. Put away the phone. Just get it's totally unplugged. I know it's going to be very hard for you. I hope you're not going to be, you know, in, in the fetal position, sort of shivering in the uh, like beads. Old turkey yeah. without all your tech, but yeah. uh, do the very best you can. Thanks, mate. And uh, we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll be back again in two weeks with episode 227. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, the hashtag for anything you want to chat about on Twitter with us, Ziggy Zaggy. Thanks for listening. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.